the Optimisticians. Today I'm taking you to Mexico for a second time, where I met Raúl, who is born in La Ciudad de México and is very attached to Xochimilco, the last area with water channels in the capital. Meeting Raúl made me realize again how agriculture always comes under the social field. While exploring articles about this topic, I discovered the writings of François Léger, a French agroecology researcher who dedicated his PhD to the relationship of Mexican farmers to the environment. Since then, he has been fighting to demonstrate that ecological quality, construction of social cohesion in territories, well-being of individuals and economic efficiency are not contradictory. And Raúl is proving it with the Colectivo Aguijote that he created in 2016 in Xochimilco. Let's listen to him present this unique place. Xochimilco is one of the rural boroughs of Mexico City. And in the, in the area you have a lake, ancient area, that is still alive in, in the city because of the ecological importance, right? It's a place where Chinampa farming system was developed a thousand years ago by the Aztec Empire, uh, which is considered one of the most fertile farming systems mm -hmm. and land in the world. So mainly that's like the, the most important thing of Xochimilco to, to maintain and to, to reactivate that, that kind of agriculture. Have you heard about Chinampa before? I asked Raul about its specificity. Uh, Chinampa is a kind of cake land, you know, it's a lot of mud, mm -hmm. a lot of organic matter, a lot of dry matter, and it's like bordered with this aguejote. It's uh, an endemic willow of the, of the area that it helps to the Chinampa to not to collapse and to maintain it, right? And to control uh, the, the climate, the microclimate of the, of the Chinampa. So what is a Chinampa? It's that piece of land where you can have around five to six crops a year. That's the difference between traditional farming methods around the world where you can have one or two if you go with the, with the climate or, or, or with the season, right? And if you go with uh, irrigation system, you can have three, four, I don't know, but the Chinampa, just a system, natural system, you can have in a good year almost seven crops. Today, only about 20% of the area with Chinampa in Xochimilco is used for agriculture. Raúl partnered with two Chinampero farmers with his colectivo Aguejote. We started this NGO because we wanted to reactivate the Chinampa agriculture in all the area, aiming to feed the city. Because according to some government uh, and academic and institution sources, if we reactivate to 80-90% of the area, we can not be totally self-sufficient in terms of food, but In a way, we can be self-sufficient, right? Uh, for example, green vegetables. It, mm -hmm. and, and I am not considering like self-sufficiency like our final or last objective, right? We can help, for example, to contribute to have a better mobility in the city because you, if you have a local consumption, you start blocking all the produce that came from other states to the city, right? Because yeah. you start 
growing working your, locally yeah, locally yeah. so you help all those trailers that you see in the streets it's a lot of a lot of movement Raúl has a global vision of the work in Suchimilco and farming in general. He has an intervention model that tackles all the issues that are linked with the land, such as water pollution, urbanization, political, economic issues. He calls it a systemic intervention. And it's not only about producing something good. The process and the farmer behind it must be in the picture. My dad's family is uh, rural from rural background, right? Mm -hmm. my, my grandmother and my grandfather used to have uh, corn, wheat, uh, some livestock, but in a small scale, right? And when I, when I was a, a, a small kid or a young guy, I used to go to, to, to this ranch. I still go, but it was more like, a, you know, like this vacation and, and to have fun with the, with the field, right? But when I grew, I, I grew up, I, I start uh, to realize that there's a lot of difference between big farming or agricultural corporations that, that control the food system and that the small farmer, it's like he's left aside, right? So I started to picture all those small farmers as my family. So that's like the, like the personal connection and that's yeah. like the value that I want to to give or to to, to to other people, right? To really value what the small farmer is doing, right? Because I don't know, if you want to have a, a really good onion, you have to wait six, seven months to have a good onion, not two with a lot of chemicals and you go to the supermarket and now oh, that's it, an onion. And you forgot everything, right? You forgot about who is farming or, or yeah. harvesting that onion. So that's what I want to, to give to the people to have a more conscious decision for their food supplies, right? Yeah. Stop going to the supermarket, go to a market and buy it directly to the farmer. Because if you start to give a value to those kind of persons, for example, and if you start to value the process of the food production, you can value another things. It's like your battery. Food is our battery. You have, you have to eat to keep going. So you can value, I, I don't know, if you value food and people, I think you can grow as a person. So that's what we want to, to give with the project. 
Now let's come back quickly to the specific agricultural technique of the chinampas. We have, uh, for example, if you are seeding corn in an open field, you just throw the seed in the, mm -hmm. in the rows, right? But in chinamperia, the difference is the germination. We, what we do is we take out mud of the channel and we put these beds of mud and then we, we trace these small squares of mud where is all the fertile and organic matter mm -hmm. of all all the things that are happening in between the chinampa and the, and the lake and the channels you know it's a lot of live things happening there between the chinampa because the chinampa is floating in the yeah. channel so it's connected it's all a system you know so that all that energy all that life in that mud helps the the seed Raúl is definitely a real optimistician. He shaped his whole professional path in line with his social ethic. I started to work in the mezcal industry five, six years ago. And I was working selling mezcal, you know. Uh, but I wanted to know, like, like this thing that I was telling you about the supermarket. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have the, the final bottle with all the seals and the box and but why? What happens what, before? What happened before? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I started to get to know the process. So I started working there and I was like following the process of the, of the, of the, of the mezcal until I get to the agave. When I got to the agave, that is the, the plant where mezcal is, is made from, I, was like, I fell in love with agriculture again because I was in love when I was a, a small a child, right? I was really, really touched by the feeling of tradition and nature that a small farmer gives to their land. It doesn't matter that it's just the backyard, but it's a lot of bonding between the person and the, and the, and the land, you know? And that was when, I, when I, I said, like, okay, I want them to, to give that knowledge and to give that tradition and cultural background to the people through their drinks so that's where i started and then i was like okay i studied business administration i don't know anything technical about farming so i started my masters that i, I am i studied um, agroecology and food systems and so that so i made this combination between all my business development background with all agroecology so i started to work giving more sales and distribution channels to those farmers that do not have the, 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 the help from a big alcohol distributor or, I don't know, a restaurant, you know? If he produces five bottles, okay, let's sell that five bottles. Unfortunately, 
the existence of the ecosystem in Xochimilco is endangered by several factors. One is because this lake ecosystem is a false lake ecosystem. There's no more lake. Everything is filled by treatment water facilities of the, of the, of the city. And if the city decides to close it up, you, you can have an empty lake, right? So that's the first thing, that it can disappear whenever. The second one is that illegal urbanization of the area is drying as well the lake, rests of water. And the third one is that because of this illegal urbanization, there are no services, there are not public services in the area. So what do you do with your, with your sewage? Direct to the, to the channel. So you have contaminated water because of illegal urbanization. Again, it's a big picture problem, but it's mainly because there is no water in the city. As usual, I asked which piece of advice Raul would give to someone who wants to start a project just like he did. When someone wants to, oh, I have an idea to give to Mexico, okay, what? This, and we can be a power in agriculture. And did you ask the people if they want that? No. Okay, ask the people. If they want it, <laughs> they do it. Yeah. And we can be a power, but ask the people. <laughs> okay, nice. okay. I ask them and they don't want to. Ah, okay, so we are not doing that, right? If you are going to work with a community, ask what they want. That's my learning from these years, that I wanted to go with this or that. No, because they have a life, they have a vision, they have needs, they have opportunity areas, but they have a lot of strength, you know, like physical, like they want to work, but as well as emotional and, and psychological. They, want, they, they know what is happening. With, with their conception of the world, but they know what is happening. So just ask them and talk. Because this crazy world is, is letting us down with the conversations between persons. And I think conversations make more powerful solutions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at last comes the traditional question to the optimisticians about their definition of happiness. With my last experience, to give authentic hope to people. That's my, my definition of, of happiness. And that was my last experience when, when, when the farmers were asking like, but do you know, do you, do you really feel that, is, that this will work and this will help us? And I was like, totally honest, like it would be difficult, but we can handle it and we can achieve that. And to see a smile in her face like, okay, I believe you. I was like, okay. I'm happy. That's it. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find all the links about Colectivo Aguejote and learn more about it in the description of the website ecodelacoline.com. You can share this episode, send it to a friend or two, and to increase their optimism, you can even add a picture of an axolotl, also called Mexican salamander, who always looks like it's smiling, probably because of its almost magic powers. This is Colleen from Ecole de la Colline. I hope you'll come along for the next episode of The Optimisticians, again in Mexico. Et pour les francophones du lot, bisous!
you know, if those things closed the, you know, I forgot, El Grifo. <laughs> <laughs> The handle? No. Yeah, yeah, when you were yeah, washing your yeah. your hands and you closed the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. ¿Cómo se dice grifo? ¿Cómo? Tape? ¿Cómo se dice? 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 ¿Cómo se